Are you working to get your period back and feel like you can't possibly eat any more? Maybe you've seen accounts recommending 2,500 calories as the threshold you need to hit, and you are finally eating that much, but still no period, and you're afraid to push it any further now? If so, I think you are really going to get a lot out of this episode, so let's dive in. Welcome back to the Field and Well podcast. As always, a quick disclaimer that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended to replace any sort of individualized medical care or advice. Let's talk a little bit about this phrase that I hear so often from clients and prospective clients, but I'm definitely eating enough, right? Definitely eating enough. It can't be my food. I'm not getting my period, but I know I don't need to eat more. Maybe you've thought this to yourself, and I get it. You probably are eating what feels like a lot compared to how you've eaten in the past. However, if you have a history of an eating disorder or any sort of background with dieting, clean eating, manipulating your food, counting your calories... I would encourage you to take a really deep dive into examining the way you're eating before you dismiss it as a non-factor in your missing periods. Also, I absolutely want to validate and make space for the fact that there are other reasons that your period might be missing and you might be eating enough. But because disordered eating is normally so entangled in missing periods, It is a really common aspect of recovery that I see women struggle with, even when they've already made really great changes. So let's talk a little bit about why it might truly, genuinely, down to your core, feel like you are eating enough when you still aren't. And there's a lot of different reasons, but I hope at least a few of these resonate with you so that you can start to hold a mirror up to what you're experiencing. So first things first, and this one is incredibly common, years of dieting, undereating, manipulating food will disconnect you from appropriate hunger and fullness cues. So even if you're like, I'm following my hunger and fullness, how can I not be eating enough because I'm listening to what my body tells me? If you have spent a long time dieting or restricting food in some sort of way, It is likely that the systems that regulate hunger and fullness hormones have adapted to your undereating over time. Creating all of those hunger and fullness hormones takes work and takes resources that after years of you maybe tricking your hunger or ignoring it, your body is going to say, I'm not going to spend as much time, effort, energy that I don't have on creating these signals if they're just going to consistently be ignored, right? We see the same thing in clients who consistently overeat for years. When you are pushing past or pushing against those signals for an extended period of time, your body does tend to downregulate the production of the hormones that tell you things like, hey, I'm hungry, hey, I'm full, right? And another piece of this point is 
if you've learned to interpret those signals in a way that's disordered or maybe misaligned, you also might feel like, yeah, I feel my hunger and I'm responding to it, but it's still getting in your way. So let me give you an example. Maybe over years of dieting or portion control or even just learning about clean eating, maybe you've learned to interpret only the most intense hunger signals as true hunger. Like my stomach is growling so bad or I have a massive headache or I'm incredibly irritable, right? You're only noticing the really extreme versions of hunger. And therefore, anything that's a little bit more subtle than that, you aren't even catching at this point, right? I see that so often. So we'll talk later in this episode about some early signs of hunger you can keep an eye out for. But if you have only been interpreting hunger that way, or if you've only maybe been interpreting fullness as a neutral feeling in your stomach where hunger is absent, but not truly a fullness sensation, you might be misinterpreting or inappropriately responding to those cues and thus furthering some of that undereating that's happening. The next way you might be keeping yourself from eating enough, even if you feel like you are, is if you are filling up regularly on high volume but low energy foods. So foods that provide you with a lot of that physical sense of fullness, like stomach expansion but aren't providing your body with all that much energy or resources, right? Things like vegetables, broth-based soups, foods with a lot of like air in them, like a popcorn or a similar snack, diet foods, zero-calorie drinks, all of those things are going to set off the stretch receptors in your stomach that are designed to tell us we're filling up with something, that must mean we're getting some energy. Let's start turning the fullness signals on so they slow down on eating because they're probably almost done. Those foods are going to enact that response in your body without actually providing your body a lot of energy, a lot of calories to do all the things it needs to do, like get your period back. So that's a really tricky one that I find when a lot of us first get into dieting, we are taught like, you can trick your hunger or you can fill up on these kinds of foods to eat less calories. Cool, cool, cool. Got it. But right now we are trying to do the opposite, right? So if you are still noticing a lot of those foods in your diet, that can be a problem. Point number three, you might be subtly restricting yourself because you recognize that you are at a quote unquote normal or healthy weight. And so in your mind, it only makes sense that you must be getting enough food, right? We can dive deeper into this in a future episode, but what your body's comfortable set point weight where it feels safe having a regular period again is might not be in that quote-unquote normal weight range, or it might not be the exact weight you are picturing wanting to be or previously having weighed when you had your period. So sometimes what I see is when a client is focusing on weight as a feedback measure of if they've gotten to a healthy enough place, if they've been eating enough or not, oftentimes that can lead us astray because what our body needs to be at might be different than what we expect. Point number four, 
your natural hunger levels might be being suppressed. Now, I know we kind of touched on this at the top, but there are a lot of reasons other than chronic undereating that your hunger signals can be suppressed or masked in some sort of way. So these are just a few of them, but I'm sure at least one applies to you because like we're human and we live in a crazy world. Things that can suppress your natural hunger level or appetite include caffeine, anxiety, illness, high-intensity exercise, chronic stress, certain medications, and I'm sure I could make a list four times longer. But those are some of the really, really critical ones that I see a lot with clients. So if you are dealing with any of those factors and feeling like I am eating when I'm hungry and my period's still not here, but how do I eat when I'm not hungry? Um, We will get to that in the next section of this episode, but just know that some of those factors, some of those lifestyle pieces can be skewing your ability to read your hunger well. Okay, two more points here, and then we'll get to some of what you can actually start doing to work on this. So this one, I would say, is probably my number two reason we're in our own way when it comes to not eating enough for recovery. If you are dealing with a lot of bloating and digestive issues, which incredibly often are going to co-occur with missing periods, Because when your reproductive system doesn't have enough energy, likely your digestive system doesn't have enough energy or resources either. You might think you're full way before your body actually has gotten enough energy from a meal, or you might just feel so uncomfortable that it gets in the way of eating enough. And so if this is you, I am going to be doing a guest interview soon all about how gut health and missing periods are related because it's honestly fascinating and can be such a tricky thing to get over mentally if you're like, I'm a little bit uncomfortable right now because I've gained some weight and I feel bloated all the damn time. And so I'm just going to assume this is enough food and maybe I just have to wait and see if my period comes back in a few months. Like it makes sense how when we are dealing with digestive distress and not being able to exercise as much and maybe our weight's gone up that we would start to really overthink the amount of food we're consuming and subtly start to pull back or not continue to increase even when our period doesn't show up. So bloat can be, yes, a physical barrier, but also a really, really big mental one. So just know if you're experiencing that and you're struggling pushing through it, You're not alone, but that might be one of the things that's in your way. And then lastly, when it comes to foods that you know are more calorie dense or that you have decided at one point or another were less healthy, you are still sticking to really small or conservative portions. So let's talk about that a little bit. I have had clients come to me that are like, I'm eating carbs now and I'm eating more often and I'm not using like zero calorie condiments anymore. But every time I eat peanut butter, I measure out a tablespoon and that's all I get. Right. Or but every time I put carbs on my plate, I get the measuring cups out to just double check and make sure I didn't take too much. 
right? There's always like that little but, that caveat. And with that caveat comes you standing in your own way versus I know that these foods make me nervous because they've been either off limits or heavily controlled before. However, I also know that getting my period back is going to require a lot of energy and I'm going to need to get more comfortable with these foods, but holy shit, is it scary, right? So if you notice that you are measuring specific foods still or only buying like the 100 calorie pack of nuts, those kinds of things where you are keeping some kind of like guardrails on the way you eat those foods, that could be a really simple, although scary, shift, right? Stop measuring the peanut butter. Try to take a larger portion of carbs than what you know is the half cup that maybe you've memorized is appropriate. Really trying to push past some of those mental restrictions or those portion-based restrictions on the foods that make you nervous. And the reason working on a step like that can be so powerful is you don't have to change anything about the meal in terms of preparation or buying new food items or whatever, right? There's nothing logistically that changes or gets more inconvenient. So it's such a low barrier to entry in terms of actually getting it done and making the meal more appropriate. It's just mentally a hurdle, right? So the easier you can make this stuff on yourself logistically to just make it happen, the more likely you're going to be able to adequately nourish yourself without feeling like you're adding on a million other things to think about or more work, which is what we want, right? We want it to be as simple as possible to make those tweaks and move on with your day because you've got other stuff to worry about. Okay, so plenty of reasons, right, why you might truly, honestly, deep down think you're eating enough and still be under eating in certain ways. Now, what do we do about that? First and foremost, you might see me on our Instagram sometimes or see old podcast episodes talking about intuitive eating, being able to listen to your body. That is a really, really great long-term goal in the grand scheme of things when you're working on recovering your period, getting your health back, reconnecting to your body. However, Depending on a lot of different factors, some of which I listed above, right, hunger cues being skewed currently, high stress, starting with straight up intuitive eating, like eating what sounds good and eating when you're hungry and not pushing past that can get in your way a little bit at the start of this process. It doesn't mean that can't be you after your period returns, but we probably don't want to start our period recovery approach to food with intuitive eating only. And so what I call it with clients is eating a bit more mechanically, essentially. And all that means is we are going to be a little bit more consistent and strategic with our food choices than we might be if our period was here and we were rocking and rolling and we had plenty of momentum going, okay? So let's start with a few mechanical eating types of guidelines that are going to support period recovery so that if you aren't doing these, you can start to implement them. Step one, eat every three to four hours, even if you don't think you're hungry. And that starts in the morning, ideally within like an hour of waking up. I'm not going to say it has to be 
the first thing you do when you open your eyes, because I know we all have different types of mornings, but relatively soon after you wake up, get something to eat, and then every three to four hours is like clockwork, okay? You can always eat more often than that too if hunger shows up, but in the absence of predictable, consistent hunger, three to four hours is kind of like your built-in time. And then building on that, when you do eat, make sure you are including carbs, fats, and proteins at nearly all meals. Don't stress if you have a meal here and there that doesn't include all of them, but they all are really integral in period recovery for different reasons. So try to make a habit of including all three just as your normal approach. Another thing you can start focusing on, go through your pantry, go through your fridge, ditch any diet foods that are still hanging on, okay? Whether that's like the Walden Farms-esque zero-calorie condiments or the fitness types of foods that drive down the net carbs with a bunch of added fiber like Quest Bars, right? I'm sure we've all eaten those. I remember I used to eat way too many of those. Things like that that are designed to trick your body into thinking it's being fed adequately when in reality you're still underdoing it, right? So take a look at your pantry and your fridge with a really critical eye and think to yourself, is this supporting me eating enough or hindering me? And if it's hindering you, ask a friend if they want it, donate it. I'm not sure. I don't love food waste, but If you've got a lot of that stuff in the house still, you've got to start to phase it out. Otherwise, you're going to feel full and still not be giving your body adequate resources. And that's a really hard cycle to get out of and will not help you recover your period. Last two guidelines here. Keep an eye out for earlier signs of hunger in between meals. This one can take a little while. So I wouldn't say think about it all day, every day add stress to your life with it, but just occasionally, maybe on your less busy days, maybe on the weekends or a day where you work from home and your schedule's a little more chill, just try to keep an eye out for what could potentially be your signs of early hunger. A few that might ring a bell are a little bit of trouble focusing, your thoughts starting to wander to food, slight stomach rumblings, feeling like a little bit restless, like just sort of those those subtle signs that like you're not totally physically comfortable and fueled in this moment, right? And that doesn't mean every time you feel one of those, you've got to jump up and eat. But I want you to start tuning into those or listening for them so that when they start to come back, you hear them, you recognize them for what they are. Because if you can move away from, I'm only hungry when my stomach is growling and I'm snapping at people and I'm exhausted, right? then you are much more likely to be able to meet your body where it's at and fuel appropriately. And last, if you're like, but I'm doing all of that. You don't understand. I've already done all these things. I hear you. And I don't want you to leave this episode thinking, what the hell am I doing wrong? Or she thinks I'm still not eating enough, which remember, this is not individual advice. So I would never say for sure that's what you're doing. But if you have listened to this episode over the last 20 minutes and you're like, I'm doing all of these things, (laughs) I'm on point with this stuff, I'm on the same page as you, then I would encourage you to just start looking at other ways you can manage your body's energy balance and physiological burden, like further decreasing exercise, 
increasing sleep, maybe being mindful about things like not drinking caffeine first thing in the morning, which can throw off your hunger, stress management techniques. There's a lot of other factors that go into recovery that aren't just food, but chances are we all have some work to do on food in the recovery process. So I never want you to leave an episode discouraged like, I'm doing all of this right and so clearly there's no hope here. You might be doing everything with food right and just still struggling on adjustments on the lifestyle side of exercise, stress, sleep, right? So take this episode with a grain of salt. Consider your own habits with a critical, honest, but also compassionate eye. And if you feel like you're doing all this stuff right, look at some of those other areas. So if you feel like you're doing a lot of what I just recommended and you feel like you've overcome a lot already when it comes to food in your recovery, or if making these kinds of food changes I'm suggesting terrifies you, then I think you might be a really good fit for our 12-week coaching program, Period Recovery Breakthrough. Inside of that program, I help women just like you recover their periods with proven nutrition strategies, body image support, lifestyle modifications, and small group coaching. And if food is really the sticking point for you, there's a couple really specific ways we support you in that program, such as recovery-friendly meal and snack ideas, a fueling roadmap to make sure you don't have any gaps in your daily food habits, opportunities on our coaching calls, and also in the reflection activities to further deep dive and examine how you might be getting in your own way with food. And if you are able to enroll for this round early, which I'll tell you about in just a second, there is a really great food journaling bonus that I think you could get a lot of benefit from. So at the time this goes live, we are in early enrollment for our April 2023 cohort of Period Recovery Breakthrough. And if you apply before March 22nd, you'll get two really great bonuses, a $250 discount and one week of food journaling review where I can help you deep dive into exactly what you need to change in your diet for period recovery. As always, please go ahead and follow us on social media if you don't already, and feel free to DM us if you have any feedback, guest interview requests, or questions that I can answer on future episodes. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next week.